You're listening to The Jolene Grace Show, a podcast for book addicts. Fan of mystery, thrillers, true crime? Listen on. Your host, Jolene Grace, gives you the breakdown on the must-read books of the week. Visit JoleneGraceBooks.com for exclusive scoops and articles. It was 1970-something, not in California, attracting young Americans to its booming economy, affordable housing, and the promise of new beginning. Silly love songs by Wings blasted on the radio wires. Rocky came out becoming a smash hit overnight. We were still months away from the November presidential election between Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter. I wasn't yet a twinkle in my father's eye. A shadow lurked in the windows of American families, in little suspecting middle-class developments. Our story begins, most likely, on the east side, Sacramento County, Rancho Cordova, in 1976. The prowler, Rancho Cordova residents, learning their habits, who comes, who goes, neatly recording the times in a notebook, waiting for the perfect opportunity to destroy their lives. I'm Julian Grace. Thanks for listening to The Julian Grace Show, a podcast for book addicts. On this episode, we will discuss the New York Times bestseller, I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. I heard about the book as I randomly flipped between the channels bored one afternoon. Titled Golden State Killer, It's Not Over, I was instantly hooked on this mini docu-series. Based on Michelle's true crime book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the show was shedding light on a 40-year-old case of California's most sought-after serial killer. I had to know more. A few days later, my mailman delivered to my front door Michelle's newly released book and sat down to read, page after page, describing a prolific killer who has never been caught, a man who's become something of enigma for California. Most often described by his victims, the East Area Rapist, as he was first dubbed, was a white male, 18 to 25 year old, between 5'9 to 5'11, well-fit, muscular chest. In 1976, the East Area Rapist raped his first victim, a 23-year-old woman. He tied her hands behind her back, then violated her. After he was done, the rapist stuck around in her home, ransacking. The police didn't connect the dots right away. In fact, it will be months, then years, before they admitted a serial rapist was terrorizing neighborhoods in Sacramento. At that first rape scene, they looked for an immature teenager, a punk. But if you ask his victims, they'll tell you a different story. To the women he raped, there was nothing unsophisticated about him. He knew their names. He brought with him baby oil. He wore a mask. The rapist got off on controlling them. Most of the women reported he liked to stay very quiet after the rape as they lay blindfolded. When they thought he had left and tried to move, 
he would press his knife to their bodies, letting them know their nightmare was not over yet. He stole from them too, personal items, rings, jewelry, clock radios, things of monetary value he left behind. Then they were the shoe footprints, size 9. Neighbors began to report noticing footprints around their fences, windows several days before the rapist struck. In six months, the East Area rapist attacked seven women, including two rapes in the same day. By 1977, he'd raped 15 women. Then in April, the same year, his MO suddenly changed. The East Area rapist started to attack couples in their home, raping the women, tying the men, depriving them of their masculinity to protect. The Sacramento Sheriff's Department was no closer to catching the rapist or at least narrowed down on a prime suspect. Sure, they got tips of young men in the community who weren't acting right. They questioned them. Nothing panned out. Privately, detectives shared their fear that this criminal might ramp up his violence. Their fear was about to become a reality. After the 23rd rape, the nameless criminal threatened to kill his next two victims. He also moved on from East Sacramento, probably spooked by the increased police presence. He struck south, then further south. He kept moving, till he reached Northern California. Then he stopped. His last known attack was reported on July 5, 1979, after a light sleeper husband woke up and surprised the East Area rapist while he was putting on a ski mask. The rapist fled the house in terror and never returned. Another shift in the MO followed. Again, he returned to Southern California, where he began hungrier for more than just rapes. That was not enough for him anymore. On December 30th, 1979, a couple is found bound shot to death. Between 1980 and 1986, he murdered more couples, always bounding their hands. One woman's quest and obsession, as she likes to call it, trusts this case in the limelight again. Unfortunately for Michelle, she passed away before having the chance to conclude her book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. In her pursuit to catch this man who struck so much fear and brought so much pain, Michelle went beyond the pale. She's not the only one searching, of course. There are thousands of amateur investigators who've joined her on this quest for justice. The quest goes on even after her death. The book is worth reading, no doubt about that. It's a mix of personal anecdotes and raw facts. She was able to get the victims to open up to her detectives to share their case files. She had a knack for making people feel comfortable around her and it showed in her writing too. I'll Be Gone in the Dark is far from perfect. Most of the critics point out that the work was pieced together by others and not Michelle, and I tend to agree with them. It doesn't read as a complete book. Keep in mind that again, Michelle passed away before she had the chance to complete it. That's easy to overlook in my opinion. She was earnest 
talented and the pages she'd written are exceptional. I give the book five stars. If you're looking for an original true crime, then get I'll Be Gone in the Dark. If you have a bookstore in your community, buy the book from them. Local bookstore needs our support to survive. Head over to juliangrace.com for exclusive content on I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I will post links related to the case. If you're a fan of the show, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast and my website. Thanks for joining me. You've been listening to The Jolene Grace Show. You can find more episodes of the podcast at joleneGraceBooks.com. Download The Jolene Grace Show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Subscribe to the show so you're always in the know. Follow Jolene on Twitter 